my co-host and India fan, Nash, has taken a day off today. And a good thing that he has, is that was another very tough night for India fans yesterday. We're going to talk all about it, as well as Australia's pummeling at the hands of England. So not a good weekend for uh, both of us. Um, but first, before we talk about it, Nash, welcome. I just wanted to ask, as a friend of yours, how are you today? And I genuinely mean that. Yeah, I can see the genuineness. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been disappointing, obviously. Um, yeah. You never expect that your team will go so badly after having so high hopes in, in the previous months. I mean, no one, no one really saw this coming for, for India. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a, it's, it, it was a good weekend up until last night. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. How about you though? Well, as opposed to you, I came into the tournament with very little expectation, as you know. Um, so for the fact that Australia won you know, two out of three um, and um, sit, they sat somewhere in the top uh, two and then lost that at England, that was a disappointment. But um, yeah, I, I had concerns about Australia going into the tournament. I saw that against England. But for India, I've been extremely surprised, uh, no doubt about it, for their performance. Two very heavy defeats going to make it very, very hard to qualify. Before we sort of talk about the game in particular and a few issues you have with people on social media, um, can you see India making the semifinals at all now? I don't. Um, I really hope there's at least a, a slight chance there, though. Um, I really hope that the Afghanistan-New Zealand game goes Afghanistan's way so that there's at least some sort of interest in in the groups till the till the end so India play I think India play Afghanistan next on Wednesday yeah um which I think I'm I'm really nervous about that game as well because Afghanistan the way they have been playing uh, you know they had Pakistan then Pakistan needed what 24 of 12 and then Asif Ali did what he did so yeah they could have won that game pretty easily as well if they had their strategies and tactics all planned out beforehand. So I'm really worried about that game as well. And then New Zealand play Afghanistan in the, in their last game next Sunday. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see because if India wins all their three games with good, um, good net run rate and, you know, good, good score and good take some wickets, then that Afghanistan New Zealand game could, if, if it goes either, you know, Afghanistan's way, then then it will be interesting to see. I agree with you about uh, Afghanistan-India game is not a given, given how well Afghanistan are playing. They're playing a fearless a brand of cricket, which I don't think India are playing at the moment. I think India are playing quite worried and quite within themselves. And it was sort of evident in the stats last night. I think there was an, a boundary in the middle overs. That was an area that India sort of, uh, it was an area of concern heading into the tournament. India's middle overs batting, and 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 look, it, it was going to be, there was going to be burnout at some stage. It was either going to be now, it was either going to be yeah, during during the that. South Africa tour, tour. It was either going to be during the New Zealand tour because I was just doing some uh, looking at the calendar for the last twelve months and the, these IPL these players who are in the who are in the squad at the moment have not had a break since IPL last year. So they played IPL 2020, then they went to Australia, um, which was November till January. Then they had England come to India February and March, then IPL phase one, April and May. 
then they went to the World Test Championship in June. Then they had the England tour in July, August, September. Then they had the IPL phase two in October and November. And now the now going into the World Cup. So that's not a even though that's a good preparation from a cricketing point of view, spending time on the field, that's not a good preparation off the field. You, they haven't had the time to switch off as human beings. And everyone needs that. doesn't matter if you're Virat Kohli. doesn't matter if you're Sachin Tendulkar. It doesn't matter if you're Steve Smith. Everyone needs time to switch off. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I can't see sort of India or anyone from the BCCI using that as an excuse. That's all on them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm, I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm just saying that it's I know, I know one of the many reasons I know why. And, and, and fans can look at it that way. But if someone from like um, the BCCI or something like that uses that uh, reasoning or someone high up in India. Well, no cricket. one from BCCI can use it because they are they are the ones doing that. So, Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. So it, it's they're the ones if you, know, you call burnout and players maybe look tired. Well, then you look at the BCCI as the problem. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it because India have come into this tournament instead of looking like a team they can make a real challenge for it, they've looked like they've completely run out of steam. Yeah. And people talk about, oh, look, you know, I had a couple of responses today. today. What about the toss? The toss has played a key role, but, you know, the team's batting first. They're just not putting enough runs on the board. No matter whether you win the toss or not, whether you bat first or second, if you're scoring 110, 120 like Australia did against England, for example, teams are barely struggling. Absolutely. To put a decent score on the board, yep. then it doesn't matter what you do. You've got to put enough runs on the board first. Um, and I think Afghanistan have done that well so far in the tournament. Um, and I've, 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 I've seen a few games where after halfway through the innings at 10 over mark, the teams are like 40 for two or 50 for two. You can't seriously expect that going into a high octane tournament such as the World Cup where there's it's a global tournament. You can't expect your team to win with that kind of scoring. Um, even even if you have those players in the middle order, like your Stoinis's, your um, Rishabh Pans, Hardik Pandya, who can hit a long ball, even Karan Polar and you all those too guys. Much to do for them. Exactly, and you you are. I'll I'll ask you this question: um, when it when it came to Marcus Stoinis, do you really expect him to do that job if Australia is already 50, 50 for three or fifty for four in you know ten or eleven overs? It was worse than that against England. Three down in no time. Stornis was in very early. Maxwell was in very early. The, what it was for Australia, I think the, the the template was set for Maxwell coming into the tournament. His middle overs batting has been outstanding. And for him to be coming in so early is terrible. But I think, no, it's not ideal to have Stornis trying to recover a situation like that. But I think teams in general have just not taken advantage of the power play. We've got a lot of power plays where teams are scoring less than a run a ball. West Indies have had that problem and they're supposed to be a power packed team. Bangladesh, I think they've got the second, second lowest run rate this year of teams in the power play. Australia struggling in the power place somewhat. India, nowhere to be found. And, you know, you look at someone like Rahit Sharma, should have been out for another first ball duck yesterday. Easy drop, catch it, fine leg. So it's just teams at the top especially when they're batting first, maybe a little bit too circumspect. Um, and then, you know, they're not scoring runs at a quick enough rate and they're losing wickets too. So that, that element of caution is just not working. And it's, Absolutely. Time for, it's the teams that are playing that really fearless brand of cricket, England, um, Afghanistan, Pakistan. They're the ones um, performing well in this tournament because they're playing that brand. So South Africa 
to me, they have been surprising in this World Cup as well. Yes, they have had a few good tours in the, in the recent past, but um, coming into the World Cup, I don't think a lot of people gave them a chance, but they've really done well um, considering their, what was going on uh, in, you know, behind the scenes. So yep. what, what do you make of current South African performances? Yeah, I said so. Of England, Afghanistan, Pakistan are playing really fearless cricket. I think Afghanistan, uh, sorry, I think South Africa are playing maybe a f- very good, efficient cricket based on their bowling attack. Um, so they came into this tournament, number one T20 uh, international bowler in Shamsi, Nokia, Rabada, Maharaj, all of a sudden you've got a solid core in terms of your bowling attack. And look at Pretorius, he's also taking uh, very good wickets as well. One issue I have with South Africa is they're batting in, in the sense that. The top four against uh, Sri Lanka, Tukok, um, you had Hendricks, Bavuma, Rassi van der Dussen. That's probably one player in that top four that can genuinely take the game away from an opposition uh, in that top four. That's an area they've got to look at. Uh, get Markram and Miller a little bit uh, higher up the order there if they can and get them involved in the game because Markram has been brilliant this year. And look at Miller against uh, Sri Lanka in the, in the final over. So there's a lot of positives for uh, South Africa to take. I think their bowling is their strength. That's not too much of a surprise because they came into the to the tournament, as you said, on the back of very good form. But um, like the early capitals in the IPL, you know, you, you can bowl well, but you've also got to get those runs on the board if you can as well. So South Africa have got to look at that area, but they're in a good position to, to try qualify. I think they've got England and Bangladesh left. So that will be very interesting. Yep, absolutely. And let's... Let's talk about India and Australia first. Um, <laughs> we haven't quite finished that yet. So, yeah, talking about Australia, what do you make of dropping Mitch Marsh? Was that a good decision in hindsight? Uh, no, because when he scored 125, so it's not a good decision in hindsight. But I was writing in my preview that Australia could look at this because they go they went into the game. The first two games with the four specialist bowlers and the, the, the all-rounders, Maxwell, Stoinis, Marsh. So they, they went in with four specialist bowlers then thinking we need probably five specialist bowlers against England because they're a different kettle of fish. Um, but it just went terribly wrong. It just went horribly, horribly wrong. And, and to be honest with you, I say now it's been two unconvincing batting performances out of three so far in the tournament. Again, that was an issue coming into the tournament. Australia's batting in T20 cricket, even when we have a full-strength team, it's been an issue for us uh, since uh, coming back from COVID. You know, when there was the enforced break last year, we came back and were collapsing even with a full-strength side. Um, one thing I will say is, had it not been for Corso Pereira's dropped catch off David Warner a few nights ago, it could easily be three very unconvincing batting performances in as many games. Um, and what that loss against England did, it really hurt our net run rate. So we dropped back down a third spot. Um, I think we've got Bangladesh next. Yeah. But, but do, you think, do you think Steve Smith is a T20 player? Because yes, I, heard, yes. I heard our friends at Cricket Daily Podcast talk about, you know, Andrew and Paul talk about Steve Smith. And yeah. um, Andrew mentioned that he doesn't think Steve Smith fits in his T20 side, but well, as Paul said, you know, he's there for a reason. He does his role and he's done it previously as well. So what do you make of yeah. that selection? I think he's so important to this team. And it was on show in that first game against South Africa. He steadied the ship. We were two down very early. The openers were out. South Africa were bowling very well. 
Smith sort of kept our heads above water, if that makes sense. And I think in a tournament like this, where the wickets are slow, the bowlers are having an impact. You need someone there who can uh, be the glue. So when Steve Smith, you look at it, when Steve Smith was out early against England, we felt a bit because we had Maxwell exposed early. We had Stoinis exposed early. Um, even though Stoinis is preferably a top-order player in T20 cricket, having him exposed at three for 20-odd against Rashid, um, the ball's turning, you don't want that. Marcus Stoinis had a great record against Chris Jordan in T20 cricket. He scored 87 runs off Jordan in 36 deliveries. So that's when you want Stoinis coming in, and a player like Steve Smith can help set that up. So... I think in a tournament like this, we have to look at our batting as a whole, as a team. We've got hitters in there that can hit the ball a long way, but you need someone, I think, in a tournament like this to be the glue that keeps the batting uh, unit together. So I accept either opinion, and I understand that, you know, if someone says, no, Steve Smith's not the T20 player, but I think he can play a very key role for Australia in the next couple of games. And and let's talk about Marcus Joyner's because um, yeah. coming into – let. Go, let's go back a couple of years when he had a great big bash for Melbourne Stars. He did that as an opener. I think he yeah. scored 600 or 650 tons of runs as an opener and he had a brilliant, brilliant season. He just smashed the ball all around the park. But coming... And I, I, I would almost say that that was his, uh, that was his uh, springboard to the national team and that gave him... The, the, that gave him the reputation, uh, you know, that season gave him the reputation all around the world. But almost, is it, is it unfair on Marcus Stoinis that he has to bat in the middle order at number five when he has done the job at, um, as an opener? Because, you know, you can't drop David Warner or Aaron Finch. So I'm not saying that Australia should drop either of them, but it's, it, does, it, does it get a bit unfair on Marcus Stoinis then? He's been groomed in that role for a while now. And he's played that role for the Capitals. I think he's improved in that role the last year or so since the start of the last IPL last year. I think he's improved. And his form, the first two games in terms of finishing the game, I think against South Africa in particular, he was outstanding. He came in in a difficult situation in that game when no one else in the game was striking at you know, over 100, 110. And then he came in and struck at 150 to win the game. And I think he's been okay in that role. Let, let, let me ask this question in a different way. Do you think Australia are getting the most and the best out of Marcus Steinus at number five? Or do you think he could offer much more at, at, as an opener? Yeah, he can probably offer a lot more as an opener because opening gives you a chance to settle in. And um, I think Steinus coming in against spin at number five is important. But I think the way to get Australia, the way Australia can get the best out of Steinus is making sure he comes in the last five overs or so. Not that early where the ball's turning he has to get set and then try um rebuild the innings because he's been good he's been in good touch the last few games he has but um yeah like you can put him open up and then who do you drop and do you see josh english or any changes in going into the next game i think it's versus bangladesh if I'm that's correct. a big game yep. big game um they might look back at mitch marsh they might look at bringing mitch marsh back in uh, Matt Wade played a key role in helping Australia win the South Africa game. I would have loved to see Josh Inglis there from the beginning, if I'm honest. I think we put a tweet out with my 11 for that South Africa game. But, yeah, maybe maybe Mitch Marsh back in the side. I think the game is at Abu Dhabi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. Oh, it's at yeah. Dubai. 
Oh, it's at Dubai? Okay, yep. so that's a surface where turn is available, but it's your seamers. I think that will play a key role. So I'd like to see Mitch Marsh back in the side. He was good. Uh, I felt against Bangladesh in difficult conditions in uh, that tour earlier in the year where Australia lost, but I think Marsh was the player who sort of handled the conditions the best. Bangladesh don't have Shakib anymore. He's out of the tournament now. That's with a big blow. Injuries. That's so, a big blow. I reckon, yeah. Even if he wasn't injured, to be honest, I would have left Shaki about and said, "Have a rest, and uh, we'll, we'll use you after the tournament because they're 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 done." So, Australia now, there's no excuses. That game, I know Bangladesh beat us convincingly, but that was in in their conditions. This is very, very different now. No excuses in that game. We need to put in a big performance. And sticking with Bangladesh a bit before we move on to India. You're trying um, to avoid India, aren't you? Like I'm you, not. You're I'm not. talking about South Africa, <laughs> Australia, and, Good pick uh, Bangladesh. Up there. Good pick up. Uh, <laughs> no, but because, we'll touch uh, on India. Yeah, because we, we, you t- spoke about Shakib and Bangladesh have surprised me in a different manner because I, I thought Bangladesh might be that team that surprised, you know, um, everyone's got their own expectations of Bangladesh and they can be a really good team on their day. But just it's, they, they play good in phases and then the, the phase that they play bad, they play so bad that they lose the game. So Very true. for example, against West Indies, I think 143 was easily chaseable. Um, you know, they should never have let them get to 142 in the first place though. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I was hundred percent confident that there's that Bangladesh breakdown uh, coming soon. I even tweeted that everyone thinking that West Indies is playing like shit, but Bangladesh, I know that Bangladesh breakdown is coming soon. So just hold on for that. And, and rightly so it came and then Nicholas Puran got, got those 40 runs and, you know, no one apart from Lytton Das really uh, scored with the bat. So, yeah. Yeah. And you make a very good point. I think about Bangladesh's best and worst cricket. Yeah. There's too much of a gap between between that. And, and that's been their problem for a number of years. And I can't say I'm too surprised. I've sort of calling it before the tournament, as you know, and was saying it in this podcast and shouting it from the rooftops on Twitter. Um, that they're just not, they, just, they had the matches to prepare for the tournament. They played a number of T20 international games in the lead up to the World Cup to get practice. But I never felt they were really tested under serious pressure. And then you look at the, the the series against the very inexperienced New Zealand team when Bangladesh were asked to chase 130, 140 in those conditions. They'd never come close. And then here, they've got to chase 140 and they fell short in slow conditions as well. But you're right. They've, they're playing phases. They're just not consistent enough across the 40 overs. They've got too many bad moments in them. And very disappointing campaign because the conditions in Sharjah against the West Indies suited Bangladesh to a tee. But their death bowling was very disappointing. Puran played a blinder, but Mustafi Zaraman gave away some very important runs in that last over off Jason Holder, who was dropped, by the way, in the, in the previous over when he was only on one. So that was very costly in the end. Their fielding as well, Bangladesh, has been yeah. very poor. Yeah. And that's been a massive, massive reason why. They're three losses out of three, and they're on their way home very soon. Absolutely. On to India. Now, finally, touch on them. Got your wish. Finally, finally. What's going on with the batting? So, you look at that team on paper, so much pedigree, so much world class talent. 
thousands and thousands of runs. What's going on? Are, are India playing too? Are they too worried about losing their wicket? Are they not playing with enough freedom? Are they playing too much within themselves? Because there was some deliveries yesterday. I know Ish Sodi has a very good record against India. He came into the game with 17 wickets in 12 matches against them, but there were some real filthy long hops there that they didn't put away. Is that a mindset thing? What's going on? I think I wish there was a straight answer. I really do, but it's, it's when you watch uh, them. When you watch them, what feeling do you get? I think it's a factor of a couple of things. One, the number one thing is the the strategy is just not there when batting first. You know, we are as a team. We have seen how how they can chase and. Everyone in, everyone in that team is a master of chase, not only Virat Kohli. They know what to do when they're chasing. They play yeah. calculated cricket when they're chasing. And the second thing I would say is they're just... It's, it's, it's an easy way out, but they are burnt out. You can tell that they are burnt out mentally. It has been too much cricket. And I will stress on that fact. It's not an excuse, but it's a reason it's a valid reason as a human being, you need that break. You definitely need that break from away from something you have, you have been doing day in and day out, whether it's your job, whether it's doesn't matter if you, if you get pay, paid the big bucks for it, you need the time away. Even us as humans, we are paid to do our jobs, you know what we do, but even we take day off when, when we, when it just gets too much, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not an excuse. It's just how your body is um, programmed to work. And it's, I know it's an easy way out to say that, oh, they've just been mentally fatigued, but it's, it's a valid reason. It, it gets overlooked a lot of the times, you know, around the globe, but it's a valid reason. And focusing on cricket, I think, yes, like you said, on paper, this batting lineup is probably the second best to England. Um, in the in this in this tournament uh, going into the tournament at, at least it looked like that so and pakistan's lineup would be a close second i would say but the way they have played their shots they they just look out of place and they just look that they don't have that strategy of setting a target in the first 20 years yeah, that's 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 a good point i think you know you look at india since 2018 if i'm not mistaken there's been 10 games where they've scored under 160 and they've lost all 10 of them so there's no strategy for, I think, batting first. They don't do it well enough. You're right. And there's no strategy for defending those totals consistently enough as well. So and, you, you, you are right. Yeah. And I've been seeing on you know, social media and everyone that, you know, obviously there's absolutely whatever happens, even if India gets relegated to Division 4 of the Cricket League, that doesn't warrant any abuse to anyone. Doesn't matter what happens. Even if tomorrow Virat Kohli says, I'm stop." Uh, I'm going to stop playing cricket just because of the abuse. That's fine. Because whatever anyone does, it doesn't warrant any sort of, of abuse. 100%. It's pathetic. Yeah, absolutely. People hide behind their computer screens or their phones. It's so easy to do that. But what people don't get is they are playing a sport which demands so much of them as cricketers, as human beings. And we as fans put so much of pressure, especially in India. Um, oh, definitely, especially in yeah. India, the the media houses, the you know the news uh, organizations, they put undue pressure on these cricketers, on these players, that it does affect them. 
you know, we say that, oh, they're paid, they're paid to do that. That's, that's not an argument. Everyone's paid to do what they do. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have, we can't get bogged down. It's human nature to get bogged down under pressure. It's how you handle that pressure and how you get up after being bogged down is what makes you champions. And we've time and again, see that time and again, seen that this team can do that. It, you know, be it Melbourne last year, be it uh, Lords this year, be it um, the fourth test match in England. I think it was at Trent Bridge um, or not, sorry, not, not Trent Bridge, but um I think it was uh, the Oval. Yeah, the Oval, sorry. The Ford Test match. seemed like Oval. a long time ago, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, but time and again, we have seen that this team is resilient. This team can bounce back. Yes, they have had two bad games. That doesn't define the entire team. Um, speaking about on-the-field on performances, if people have been saying that, oh, you know, bowlers are not doing the job, it's the batters that are not doing the job. If the batters set set 110 as a target to defend, but there's not much baller can do in today's cricket in, in, a, in 20 overs. That's not even run a ball. That's has less than India's, run a ball. Has India's lack of penetration with the ball, though, surprised you a little bit? It's only, been, it's only two wickets at the end of the day uh, in two games. Even though they've been defending subpar totals, uh, were you expecting a little bit more from the Indian bowling? I Absolutely, was. I was. Absolutely. And, you know, that's not... I'm not saying by... by, by when I said that, you know, ballers need a target to defend, I'm not saying that ballers are not, uh, ballers are doing the best they can. They are not. I, I, I can see that. Everyone can see that. They are trying their best, but the plans they are executing are not the, their full potential. Uh, what, what they need, but you have to know, Shabel, that as, as a batter, when you see the target in 20 overs as 110, you don't care. Um, how you play, you just play your shots. It's freedom. You got it's freedom. freedom there. Yeah, you got freedom, especially in a batting lineup which has Kane Williamson um, or even Shoaib Malik uh, during that Pakistan game, Muhammad Hafiz, Barbarazam. When that happens, you have the freedom to play your shots when that's the target. And it does, it's all a mental part of the game that if, if you're walking up, if you're walking as a bowler in, into bowl, and you see the target as 110, there's, you're already, half the game is lost there. And as a batter, half the game is already won there. Agree with you. There's just not enough runs on the board. India's batting has been extremely disappointing. It's been extremely surprising. I felt the decision to drop Rahit Sharma one down to three yesterday, I think was a, I don't know if it was a decision that stunk of panic. I don't know if it was a panic decision, but Rohit Sharma, he's plied his trade over so many years in the opening position. And you want to put Ishan Kishan there? I understand it. He's been good at opener. Drop K. Rahul to three. Exactly. That's what I said. Um, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so, um, sorry, I'll just um, chime in there. Because Rohit Sharma and Ishan Kishan have batted for MI yeah. for a long time now. They've done the job pretty well. They've batted together. They've scored the runs. Just put them together and Roy Sharma can mentor Ishan Kishan through the innings. Um, and put Kehra. Yes, I agree. Kehra has been magnificent as an opener, but you have to make that adjustment somewhere. So has Roy Sharma been magnificent for the last few years, for the last seven, since he started opening. He's been one of the best openers in white ball cricket. So why drop him? Drop Kehra Rahul. Put Ishan Kishan in his place. Kehra Rahul can bat at three. He's done that before. And then slot in Virat Kohli at four and then it keeps going on. 
and I did not see the point of having Hardik Pandya there again. Um, yes, I. There, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a question of balance in the team. But if you are having Shadul Thakur, then why not play Surya and just strengthen your batting? Yeah, possibly because yeah, Hardik has not been bowling, and that's been a big problem for India as well. But you know, the, the, for India to not even be competing, not even competing in these two games. That's been the big shock for me. You look at them and they see that, you know, people got them favourites for the World Cup. I can't argue with that. You look at the conditions and you look at the fact that these players have been playing in these conditions in the IPL. They've got great pedigree in the format. To not even compete, I think that's cause for major disappointment. But you're right. Abuse, nothing warrants abuse. Nothing warrants abuse and, at all. And, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll end it by saying I'm obviously disappointed, but as you said, nothing warrants abuse. I'm obviously disappointed in the team. No one expected this. As a fan, I'm I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed because um, that's that's a statement we often hear at as, as, like as husbands, don't we? As husbands, uh, and then as as, <laughs> as uh, you know, our fathers watching us to come play cricket. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, and people are people are throwing up all kinds of stats and everything that or it's been to win against India, but even that's not the case. We we can see from stats. I've I, I've just dug up some stats. It's the left, since, left arm bowlers as yeah. well. And and sorry, I don't have the stats for those, but I do have the stats for the spin. Um, spin to win agenda is since two thousand eighteen, India have lost in all two sixty two wickets in T Twenty internationals, and only eighty eight of those are against spin. So that's that's still high. I would say that's still high as as a team who's considered best against spinners. That's still 34% of all wickets lost since 2018. That's still high, but it's not the most. And there's still there's still room for improvement, I would say that. But the whole spin to win agenda is something I don't believe in. It, yes, we are, to the naked eye, it looks like, oh, they're losing wickets to Ishodi. They're lo- losing wickets to, you know, Zampa, Mitchell, Santner. For individual oppositions, yes, that's the case. But if you look at overall... India is still losing more wickets to pace than spin in T20 internationals. Yeah, and even this tournament, Trent Bolt has a wonderful time against India. Shaheen Shah Freddy, the left arm angles, India is really struggling with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, a bit of an overreaction perhaps on social media. Um, there's been a lot of opinions coming out. MS Dhoni is being blamed as well, <laughs> I saw MS Dodi is a hashtag trending at the moment. Hashtag ban IPL. Uh, Not that, sufficient. That, that, that happened after the 2011 test series as well. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, uh, the IPL has been a, a you know a, a foundation for players to come through. And I think you know onto my next point. I think I don't think India have a chance of making it through now. I think it's it's going to be far too difficult uh, for them to to go through. You look at the matches New Zealand have left. New Zealand have also played Pakistan and India. So they've got Afghanistan, Scotland, Namibia. I expect New Zealand to win at the very least two of those three games, which puts, which, which puts them on six. The, the, the most India can get at the moment is six. And if Afghanistan win one more game, they're on six with a much superior net run rate as well. You're asking, you're asking for too much, I think, to see India go through. It'll be a, it'll be a huge miracle. I think they've got a T20 series, if I'm not mistaken, very close after the World Cup. So in terms of cricket being on the Indian uh, calendar, it's just going to continue. 
what this might do is just provide an opportunity for a bit of a refresh, test some young blood in this T20 international team and sort of start to look for the future a little bit as well. You've got that opportunity to do that. The likes of maybe Gaikwad and um, Venkatesh Iyer and these guys. So speaking about the IPL gives the, those players a platform to express their talent, gain confidence and then step into the international scene. And I think that's in, what India might look at doing going forward. Especially so soon after the World Cup, where these players now, there's no way you'd play them in anything so soon after the World Cup. You have to get them rested, um, I think, for another big season coming up. And then um, I think they go to South Africa, don't they, India as well. So you've got to be very, very um, careful with how you manage your players from a workload perspective and then try bringing some new talent into your international team. Um, and try to change the way you play a little bit. I think India are too cautious, particularly in those middle overs. It's an area they've got to fix. I, um, think I, I, I never thought I would say this, but white ball has is the, is the um, are the formats where India have to revamp, whereas red ball is just leave it alone. Be I think you know, I red ball has been absolutely yeah. brilliant. Let it go as it's going. White ball, look at your white ball. They do what England did after 2015, but don't lose focus from red ball as well. Yeah, I think I think so. I think you look at, I saw Michael Vaughan can tweet a lot of things that you don't agree with, but there was one thing he said that India have underachieved in white ball tournaments the last seven, eight years. And I have to agree with him. Yeah, I have to agree that the talent that India have got. And let's be real, India can put two or three very good 11s together. And... There's no doubt about that. You know, people say, oh, Hardik Panja said that and we try to answer him because he said something like this. It comes off as arrogant. It's true. India can put a number, of excellent, yeah. a number of excellent teams together, but not delivering in the, in the, in the crunch moments of a, of a global tournament. So that's going to have to be something India look at going forward. It could be a revamp kind of thing. And there's an opportunity for that after the World Cup. You've got to grab it with both hands and give some youngsters a chance and just look at some different approaches there. Definitely. Um, on to New Zealand. I thought, you know, they're a team in hockey that continue to cause pain for you <laughs> and India fans in, in, in ICC events. Very efficient. Um, you look at their group, you've got three sub- very good subcontinent teams in there. Uh, Afghanistan included, no doubt about it. India and Pakistan, you might think that's going to be difficult for New Zealand to get out of, but they've given themselves a very good chance. What do you rate them as a team? And um, can you see them making the semis? Yeah, I mean, they're a really good team. But as I said, he, they have a really good leadership uh, base as well when it comes to Martin Guptill, when it comes to Kane Williamson. They have a really strong leadership base. And um, they've done really well so far in ICC tournaments against India, particularly. And it all, it all hangs on that Afghanistan game for New Zealand, I think because not to, not to be overconfident, but Namibia and Scotland game for New Zealand would be a, should be pretty easy. Um, you, you never know the, in T20 cricket, but I think on paper, it should be an easy game. But um, Afghanistan game is really key because Afghanistan can upset New Zealand on their day. And Definitely. even they can I upset think, India. But I think they can upset India too. Yeah, but India needs, India needs all three wins now to at least give them some chance. So, But sticking to New Zealand, I think they have done really 
well, they, they have been 50-50 so far, but they have done, I think they'll do really well from here on forwards. It's a good race. I think in both groups, particularly group two, is an interesting race with Afghanistan right in the mix. And um, Afghanistan, have got India left and New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. So I reckon if they can win one of those two, they could very well be in there. Um, so this is this is some interesting, interesting times ahead. So plenty happening in the T20 World Cup, some very, very important games. Before we end, Nash, your semi-finalists predictions from here on in. Do you have anyone in mind you think, you know, that the final four teams? I'd still I'd still back England and Australia in group one. Um I, I want to back England and Australia. Obviously, I want to back Australia as well. Um, but I'll say Pakistan and I don't know. I don't know. Group Come two, back. yeah. Group yeah, two is group tough. Group two is tough because uh, I, I, right now I wouldn't say India, um, but I, I would say Pakistan and Afghanistan have a good chance. Yeah, I think I might agree. I don't know. Group one, I, Australia have got West Indies as well. You know, West Indies, if they fire, they're a, they're a chance too. I, I'm not writing them off. If they get their act together, they're a dangerous side. Um South Africa have got Bangladesh. I think they'll win that game. Then England, that'll be a tough one. Up in the air. It's only England and Pakistan that are the certainties yep. for me. I'm not going to say anything other than that. <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy it. Um, but, you know, I think the onus is going to be on the teams batting first in those night games to bat better. It's been poor. And you can't just pin that on the toss. There's got to be an onus and a responsibility on the teams batting first to put on good totals. You saw yep. CSK in the IPL. You know, on these pitches, they put they scored 190 in the final, and that was enough because they batted well, batting first. Same ground, pressure environment, and they were able to get the job done. And that's what teams have got to do here going forward. Nash, commiserations once again. Uh, I hope you get through your day okay. Um, cheer up and big game coming up against Afghanistan this week. Yep. It's easy to say that's a must win. We'll see what happens with Australia as well. We'll see if, Same uh, with we Australia. Come back. We'll see if we come back next week happy or grumpy. Thanks, Nash, and thanks to all our listeners once again.